They blocked four punts this season. Most in the league. And Kern gets a line drive punt away. That's bounding to a halt at the one. Perfection. Dire straits indeed, Jim. This one just got us. I mean, it's we'll never see this run again, Jim. Brady's pass. It's intercepted and returned for a touchdown by Logan Ryan, the former Patriots. Welcome along. Welcome back to the Transatlantic Titans podcast. I am back. I am Adam. I am joined by Greg, Neil, Miles, Harry. Evening, everybody. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. And it is a good evening. It's a good day. It's a good week. It's a good everything. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to be pretty irritating and chipper, I would say. Um, other than maybe Greg, the negative one, um, who's, I presume, jet-lagged. What time is it in your body clock right now, Greg? Um, it's about 20 to 3 in the afternoon, but uh, no, I'm all good. I'm, I'm as right as rain. I'm kind of preparing myself for when I head back. Uh, so I'm just going to keep myself on this time. But uh, yeah, to be honest with you, I'm still on a massive high from from Saturday night. So definitely, anyone's going to bring me down from that yet? Uh, no, well, that, this podcast isn't going to do it. What? Why? Why have you flown back to England? I just 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 want to get the, this admin out of the way. So you you flew to Boston, yeah, and went down to Foxborough for the for the game. Or up to well, my geography's bad, but um, and you've flown back, and you're you're going to fly back out again. So yeah, basically decided. So we we um we decided to do a little trip to Boston, fly back. We got back about seven o'clock last night, UK time. Um, then we kind of made a crazy decision while we we're out there just to go and book to go to Baltimore. We had a look to see kind of what the best way of doing it was. I actually had work today and to do for half the day tomorrow as well. So it was probably coming back for actually to do some work. But it actually worked out a lot cheaper to fly back come here uh, come back for a couple of days and then fly back out again and it would have been to cancel our uh our flight that we had and obviously then book a return so it worked out pretty well for us but yeah uh, I, I, I had to come back I had to come back for the podcast alone well that, that no appreciate that how many um, stems of broccoli do you have to eat to carbon offset your flights in full I, is, is it not worth thinking about uh, it's not, not even considerably worth thinking about but you know what it's uh it's it doesn't happen often just here, here for uh, here for the for the rest of the season, and then uh, yeah, if we make it to the Super Bowl, we might end up going back out again. But we definitely won't be there for Houston or KC, whoever wins that game. Once we've beaten the Ravens, um, won't, <laughs> won't won't be there for that one. Unfortunately, uh, don't want to let anyone who's uh, some really nice people who are met out there, by the way, who are listeners. Amazingly, we do have listeners, um, and there were some incredible people I met out there. And but yeah, unfortunately, you have to let them down on the on the KC or Houston game. It's, well, I mean, fa- fantastic you do that. Do you think many UK-based Patriots fans fly out for every single playoff game they have? Well, they won't be flying out this weekend, will they? No. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's come to that. Uh, we're going to come to that in some, in some irritating detail. Well, irritating if you're not a Titans fan. And if you're listening to this, you're probably a Titans fan, so it's all good. Let's, let's just have to start, though. A little quiz, a little game that I've prepared. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been away. I've got to make up for, for that and pull my weight again. Um, so here's, here's the game that we're going to play. You may be aware that the Titans won a playoff game in New England. You may also be aware that the Titans won a playoff game two years ago in Kansas City. Um, and... Interestingly, well, I say interesting, it's interesting to me. There are 19 people who played on snaps in the game in Kansas City and also played, had snaps in the game in New England. So I'm going to go round in order and get you to name them. If you get one wrong, you are out of this game. So last player standing. Maybe... Maybe you'll name all 19 before we're left with one person. I don't know. But this is what we're going to find out. Uh, I'm it's Dallas. Gonna... <laughs> well, you never know. We've, it's, we've... A trans... it's a transatlantic Titans quiz. If we manage to get all 19 here without all of us going out, or hints, 
I don't know what I'll do. I think I think I'll get as optimistic as Miles about the Ravens game. I think will be the uh, the only solution for me. <laughs> okay, we we're gonna go in order of my screen going clockwise. So it's gonna go Miles, Harry, Greg, then Neil. Um, so yeah, Miles, you can kick us off. Who are you gonna start with? Uh, I will start with, and I'm hoping. For some reason in my head, it should work that Woodyard played in both of them. He did indeed. That is correct. Well done. We're off the, off the mark, so to speak. Harry, who have you got? Uh, Jayon Brown. Uh, correct again. Well done. Uh, Greg? Uh, Jarrell Casey. Jarrell Casey is correct. Well done. Neil? Don't do, don't do that to me for a second <laughs> of thought. No, please don't tell me I've got this wrong. <laughs> Uh, Jack Conklin. Jack Conklin, yep. He is on the list. Back to Miles. Right, he definitely had a snap against Ravensley. Ma- uh, Mariotta. Uh, yes, correct. Um, Harry. Uh, Brett Kern. <laughs> Brett Kern, how has that taken so long? <laughs> of course, Brett Kern, who is the only punter for the entire decade for the Tennessee Titans. Um, Greg. I uh, don't think he's been said yet. Derek Henry. Derek Henry, of course. Yes, he is. Neil. Kevin Bayard. Kevin Bayard, correct again. That is eight from eight. Back to Miles. Uh, Taylor Lewan. Taylor Lewan, of course. Spot on. Harry. Uh, ben Jones. Ben Jones is correct again. This is going quite well. I've jinxed I'm it now. <laughs> Too easy, this. Too easy. Uh, Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith is correct. Well done, Neil. Uh, I'm under pressure now. Uh, <laughs> it's going to get harder. Yeah, it has got harder. Uh, I'm going to say Austin Johnson. Oh, what a shout that is. Spot on. Well done. Um, 12 out of 12. Well, only seven, only seven more names. There we go. <laughs> How, how's this going to go? Miles. Uh, it's not going to go well. <laughs> um, I'm completely drawing a blank. I'm sure we've probably gotten... No, I'm stuck with... Uh, when did we draft him? No, I'd, I'd say Lewis, but I'm pretty sure we picked up Lewis last year, didn't we? Dion Lewis. Uh, that's the first That's the first <laughs> yep, incorrect I answer, I'm afraid. Yeah. I drew a blank. He destroyed his individual round, Dion Lewis. Yeah, he did, you're right. So you are out, I'm sorry to say. On we go to right, Harry. I'll, I'll sit back and relax. <laughs> Corey Davis, I'm banking that he wasn't injured against KC. He wasn't injured, that is correct. Well done. You stay in. Greg, your turn. Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan did play in both of those games. <laughs> well done. Neil. Adorni Jackson. Yes. Absolutely. Spot on. We only have four names left. Three of you left in it. Back to Harry. Blank look. <laughs> Harry? Harry. <laughs> Amazingly on mute. Amazingly yeah, on mute. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't be that unprofessional, would he? Surely not. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I complete, completely broke up there for a second. Who have we had since Davis? Adari Jackson. And who did Greg say? You said I've, 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 t- I've took them off. I've forgotten. Yeah, John Smith. Logan Ryan, I think he said, didn't you? Logan Ryan, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll go Daquan Jones. Daquan Jones is incorrect, I'm afraid. Bad luck. You he are up, wasn't he? He he may have been, he may have been. You are frozen out. Uh Greg and Neil remain. Greg, your turn. I've got I've got one in my head, but this one is risky. <laughs> okay, Ashley, cause I, I seem to remember purely from uh, one of the videos that came out afterwards, him celebrating, and it was Ty Smith. Ty Smith, what a shout. Correct. <laughs> I'm going to go same position group, LaShawn Sims. Afraid not. Bad luck, Neil. Greg, I you, remember him going... again. Uh, I think it's because I remember him that, that pick against KC. Must have been regular season. Uh, a couple of years back in Nashville. 
uh, he had a pick in the end zone after he got picked on all day and then uh, he picked picked Alex Smith off in end zone I seem to remember that's what's thrown me I think uh, I'm thinking of I've, the one that's memorable is the Texans where Jadavian Clowney just trash talks him yeah uh, yeah yeah, no, it wasn't wasn't to be in in that game for Sims. I'm afraid. Um, any any ideas on the last three? Any any snap at all, right? Any snap at all? Well, it must be Darren Bates. Darren Bates, yes. And Just... you. That's okay. Sorry, Harry. Greg, do you have any more? I mean, Greg's uh, already Greg's already won, so this is just. You find this is just, uh, a... just garbage time. We've now. all won. You, you Brinkley. <laughs> Yeah, Bo Brinkley, Brinkley absolutely. Good shout. Um, Dennis, find, Dennis find Kelly, Kelly was Kelly. the other. I put you out of your uh. misery. Right, well done, Greg. Uh, we, yeah, we've got some, we've got some up-to-date football to talk about. Um, all those players. I mean, Logan Ryan came up, obviously. Uh, by the way, should have gone down after that pick. Mm-hmm. No, just, just not, not because the game wasn't done for any neutral, but just for all of our heart rates. Um, Tony Romo nah. said the same thing. <laughs> how do you? I, 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 my tongue is in my cheek. How do you? How do you train a player not to go in the end zone, especially from six yards? And after he's dropped one cl- uh, absolute clanger before that as well, I think. Yeah, yeah he was no way was he going to go down there. Um, but yeah, I think it was actually really weird at the time. I, I didn't even think about it at the time. I, I straight away was just celebrating the touchdown, thinking, uh, "That's that's it. That's game. That's that's done now." And then all of a sudden, in my head, I was like. Why didn't he go down? If he'd gone down, he just kneeling this game. Literally, it's over. That's go for anything else, and especially when they went for the two points. I'm thinking, what if they go and then go and get a touchdown, and then get the extra, you know, two point conversion on it, and all these things go rushing around your head. But yeah, I can't really blame him for putting it, taking it into the end zone, especially uh, his old stomping ground. They're not being over the 40 yard line in the second half. To be fair, that's one one decision. Um, of variables that I do agree with, absolutely challenging their offense, ballsy but very measured and very um, in the end of the right decision. Mm. Yeah, I think variable. Uh, it was it was a conservative game from both teams, I think, because mm. because defenses were dominating. So you the couple of sort of fourth and twos where actually we're going to punt, and well, the the moment that I absolutely loved. For Brable is you know, Tennessee have got the fourth down just in the New England territory, about five or six minutes left, and we do the the same milking of the clock, taking penalties, different variety of penalties, so that you can't have back to back penalties. Out Belichick, Belichick, and he was fuming. He did not the, like the, it. The referees at that point could have still called an unsportsmanlike conduct on that false start. If they so choo- chose to, um, which is why Belichick got so, so annoyed. He said, said it was a loophole. And although he took a delay of game and then a false start, and then he ordered an encroachment penalty, on that second false start, they still could have technically called that that um, unsportsmanlike conduct just because of how the rules play out. If you were using it to to basically scave off the clock, they, they could have called it. So we did get a little bit lucky there, but... Nothing brought us more joy, uh, I think, than seeing Belichick get out Belichick and just be absolutely fuming, especially after he used it in a game that he didn't need to use it against the Jets earlier this season. Uh, it was just yeah, that, thing. That's, that's that was the, the that thing. was the most enjoyable thing. Sorry, sorry. Most yeah, enjoyable he's, thing he's... about it for me is when they did it, he was flexing his muscles. They were 33 nil up. And he'll basically flex in his muscles saying, I know this rule and this wrinkle in the rule and you don't. And we've got you beat and I'm just going to do it just to flex. So that was the most enjoyable thing about us doing it back. Yeah, absolutely. What well, goes around comes around, Bill. Then I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm going to be the negative one here, though. Was there not a bit of you that was thinking we might need that time? Considering where the game oh, yeah. Was yeah, I was, I was, sure. I'll be honest with you, sure. and, and this is someone, uh, obviously, being being at the game, I didn't see the, until after the game, I didn't see the Belichick reaction and how brilliant that was. Um, but at the time, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I know why you're doing it. I understand why you're doing it. You don't want to you know, give New England time. I get that. But they go and score a very quick touchdown. You're going to need that time back. That's like one minute 43 seconds or whatever it was that was drained. 
that we could possibly have needed. And there was a there was a situation earlier in the year of a game, I can't think which game it was again, where he essentially wasted 40 seconds, which we did actually need in the end um, to win that game, which we didn't, I can't remember what game it was earlier Houston, in the year. Houston at home, I think. I yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, I was I was a bit fearful at the time, but yeah, I must admit after, obviously when you know then what's gone on to happen, it obviously turned out to be a great decision. To see Belichick's reaction uh, was absolutely priceless. I, I, I think in the, I didn't in, think that. Uh, sorry, I, I I felt that actually the way New England weren't able to move the ball in the second half just to give them what would have probably been one fewer opportunity just just seemed like the right call to me. Everything about it felt felt spot on. I mean, yeah, you know, your gut your gut reactions can vary, of course, but it just yeah. felt it felt spot on to me. And like in the, yeah, in the both... build up to the game. Everybody was saying that Tennessee doesn't fear New England because we've got so many ex-New England or so many New England connections on his roster. And a lot of analysts were saying that we didn't fear and we were going into their their backyard to to win the game. And we didn't they didn't have that mystique against us, which they do against other teams. And I think that that passage of play there just absolutely reinforced that and just absolutely like showed that. Vrabel didn't fear Belichick and he didn't fear the, the mystique. Or, um, and I thought through the week it was lip service, but he actually proved it on the night. Going back to earlier in the game, I mean, it. it the, I don't want to use the cliche game of two halves, but um, yeah, nothing, nothing much happened in the second half until the, the messing about with the clock. I mean, both both offenses were not bottled up I mean, because Henry was getting some yards and taking time off the clock, which is great. Uh, but I felt that New England ran out of ideas to a certain extent. They were, they're clearly limited now on offense and Josh McDaniels and a bit of trickery. Like, I mean, the, the Edelman touchdown where he's messing about, pretending he's out of position, screaming at him, handing the ball, they score. At that point, you think they're, they're going to pull something out here. They've got enough up their sleeve. Um, but, I think they just had enough up their sleeve for one half of the game, as as I felt. I mean, the once once we stopped them first and goal at the one, you know, it's ten seven. That could have been seventeen seven. Ended up being thirteen seven, and that they were the last points that the Patriots scored in the second quarter. Now that's that's a phenomenal effort from from the Titans' defense. Well, what, whatever you I, say, I felt so confident. As soon as I think it was on the second or third play, we saw a trick play from the Patriots in their in their opening drive. They they used a trick play, and I was like, "Oh, okay, we 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 could be in business." And I know they've done it a couple of times this year, this season anyway, that they've used a trick play early in, early in the game. But you almost felt like they were really looking for a wrinkle. Edelman was banged up for most of the game, got free a couple of times, made that nice touchdown run. But that that stop on the goal line, um, Evans really just bossing it I, there's no other word for it you know finding the man getting through the hole finding the gaps it was just unbelievable and like you say I think that was a, a real key key turning point and our defense from that point dominated to be honest even when Tannehill had a, a really scrappy interception um awful dis- yeah that was a horrible moment actually but I, 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 even at that point I didn't feel like it was like he'd thrown the ball 20 yards anyway and you could have had a punt and a return for that situation. I don't think it, if there was a moment to throw an interception, that was probably it, if that doesn't sound too too weird. I didn't panic at that point. <laughs> uh, but... no, I, think, I think we all agree that um, that, that stop on the, uh, on the goal line, I think gave a lot of us a lot of confidence to, to stop them in such, a, in such a position on the field. It was a real confidence boost. And I really feel like from that moment on, the team just grew and grew, didn't they? I mean, Evans has made three unbelievable stops. Like the one on the first and third down where he's jumping over men to make that first hit. And for me, that that was that to me was the point where I mean, I, I felt like the game was never in doubt anyway, honestly. But um <laughs> the, <laughs> but but the moment them stops happened, it was a real sort of I think all the defense jumped onto the when they got onto the sideline was like, Yeah, we've stopped them here. We realized that all the Patriots can do is throw screens and then We've re- realised how Dion Lewis managed to make some form of a career over there with the way that they were playing, but that's their playoff football. And like Harry was saying, you could see how desperate they were that so early on having to throw in trick plays. That's not the Patriots' way. The Patriots' way is that they'll grind and grind and grind, and then they'll lob them in halfway through the game just because they can. This was a 
we don't have much to actually play for. We don't have many plays here, so we're going to have to show it early, hope we get that lead and hold out. And realistically, it was the it was almost the argument that we're going to have for the next game, where whichever defense can stop will win the game, and our defense was the one that done that. But um, yeah, on that that, on that, 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 that come on that goal line stand. Did no one think they were just incredibly predictable what they were doing every single oh, play? It, wasn't it, it the was, same it, play three times, wasn't it? A, a pretty much. I mean, I think it was literally, I think, um, I want to say Michelle White twice and then Burkhead once, but yeah. you, you knew it was coming straight. And I know, listen, I think you don't want to be too fancy when you're at the one-yard line. I appreciate that. And then when obviously you get knocked back a couple of yards, you want to try and drive it as, as close as you can. But the Pats of old, they, they, they think it's slightly different. They clearly wasn't working, whether it was on you know second or third down. You think they might try something slightly different. I, personally, I would have probably on second down thought, you know what, it's worth giving something else a bit of a try here because yeah, that falls incomplete. And you know, or maybe even on third down, you probably then at least you know, you're at the one yard line rather than being driven back um, on fourth down. It's one of those ones that just they were just predictable the whole game. You knew where they were going. Edelman was was clearly the the main the main route that they were looking at every single time. You very rarely, I think you saw Nikhil Harry in a couple of times. Who I think you might have picked up a couple of catches or, or whatever. But generally, on the whole, it was pretty predictable. And another big turning point in the game, which I don't know if it, it was maybe not as obvious on television as it did feel to me anyway, was the penalty after um, Brady's deep shot to Watson. Um, I genuinely, I genuinely do think if that that if that penalty is not called, um, we probably lose that game because that was a huge, huge moment in that game. That that was the first time that Brady had any real joy with a throw over twenty yards that he actually completed to somebody, um, and it was pulled back for I think holding or something. I might be wrong. Was that the that the was... centre ineligible man downfield? I think you're actually right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. hold him. You're right. But that was just a huge moment. Once again, that was one of those moments that that because at the time I'm thinking, oh crap, that's that's massive. That if that and then all of a sudden I saw the flag and thought that better be going in our direction. Um, we, that better be coming back because if it isn't, I think they probably would have scored on that drive, which would have changed complexion without a doubt. So there there was a few big moments, but the goal line stands. I think there was nothing. There was nothing better on the on the day than that, apart from Logan Rice pick at the end. Um, you kind of just felt you actually heard the Titans fans around the stadium, and the Pats fans they were loud throughout the majority. But that was just a that took the wind completely out of their sails. Which um, obviously it was still early in the game in theory. They they even the Pats fans they had no confidence in that offense to go and get points. But also on our offensive side of it, I mean, look, our offense only scored 14 points. So there's still, I think, uh, you know, if we're going, we'll talk about the Baltimore game coming up. We're going to need a, an even bigger performance, and uh, especially in the in the kind of passing side of the game. But yeah, Saturday was just it was a, a dream to watch and to be there for. It was, it was almost a pleasure to be there for because you know you don't get many opportunities to go and get a win at Foxborough. I think we were talking about the game beforehand as well, saying that. Belichick's a bit of a master at taking away one thing from your game and he did take away the play action. He took away any deep threat that we had from AJ and, and Davis and even Johnny Smith, you know, he was he was really dedicated to doing that and just trusted their tackling on Henry. Um, and we'll probably repeat ourselves here going into the Ravens game, but, you know, he's a monster to tackle and I think this week we'll probably have a bit more ease in the play action game because I don't think they'll be able to take away that that passing threat as, as well as New England did. Well, you, you you can't take away both. I think that's the bottom line at the moment with this with this offense. And you know they they may have tried, they may have prioritized taking away the pass, but that that opens the door. You know, two hundred yards from Derek Henry. Uh, what that will also do is is controlling the clock. You know, the Tennessee is in the second half, especially. Okay, we didn't. We didn't score with our offense, but we were taking time off the clock and shortening that game. So, with the the Pats' offense firing even less, you know, they 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 needed a lot more opportunities with the ball than they had. And it, it obviously, I didn't believe that we'd get the win until well after the the, the after the final kickoff. Never mind the pick six from Logan Ryan, uh, but. At the, at the same time, it, you kind of look back and think, actually, you know, New England, other than a couple of couple of moments in that second half, didn't really didn't really threaten. 
Uh, nothing. No, when they... you look at the actual, when you look at what they actually done, they had six plays in the second half where four were punts, one was an interception, and one was technically a fumble. And that's how they could manage against us. So, and again, we only gave them the chance to have those sort of plays because the interception and the fumble are both at the end of the game. So realistically, we've given them four chances, of which two of them, I'm pretty sure, were quick three and outs. And I'm sure Greg can speak about this, about how I'm sure the crowd, as it got towards the fourth quarter, were realising that as we're running the ball and it's not where they can't take it off us, the crowd's only going to get more and more nervous as the game's going on. And that would only then result in the players hearing that and again losing a bit of confidence that, that literally Henry was running, beating men all over the field silly not being able to get brought down until he's making that first down, which again is taking off another couple of minutes every single time. And all that's going to do is demotivate a team. They didn't fancy Henry at all. Like you, you no. could literally, you could literally see um, that every single play where Henry's getting even gains of four or five yards, they're all turning around waiting for the next pounding they're going to go and take. Even if they got the stop after four or five yards, they didn't want it. They didn't fancy it. And you could literally, the, the crowd around me, were were restless in the fact that they couldn't stop Henry. Um, they 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 weren't even aware at the time that they're stopping our you know our deep threat with or play action or anything like that because they're not really thinking about that. All they're thinking is this guy keeps getting yards against us. Uh, he keeps running for first downs. He keeps chewing up more and more of the clock. They couldn't stop him, and they had no idea how to stop him. And I would love to go and see another performance exactly like that this Saturday, and hopefully. Um, yeah, hopefully with with Henry, I think he he's just he, he's got the bit of his teeth at the moment. He's got that confidence. You know, he, he's not afraid of who he's running towards. I don't think there's anyone in that Baltimore defense that I'd be necessarily worried about in that respect either. Um, this was the Pats are one of the best defenses in the league. They've shown that this year. Um, but offensively, uh, they a lot of the time the Pats fans were shouting Brady's name over and over and over. But that was in desperation because uh, they were hoping to find the Tom Brady of old and and. That guy, unfortunately, is is done. If he comes back next year, uh, I'll be I'll personally very surprised if he does. If he does, and it sounds like he wants to, um, I, I don't really see any threat from from the Pats at all, at all. I suppose it speaks again to a, another another point about motivation because they started the season like eight and zero, and their defense were on a historical pace, um, and then slowly but surely those players have then seen the cracks in the offence and the motivation levels dropped and suddenly they're not flying around the ball. Suddenly they're not 100% on every snap. And when somebody like Henry's running at you, pounding you, uh, I mean, I heard Taylor Lewan were calling out Kyle Vanoy on every play because of what he'd said about a revenge tour. And it, it's just backbreaking. And I, I think personally that their defence has dropped off. The fact that their defence has dropped off is linked to the fact that there's no confidence in their offence. A quick word about Ryan Tannehill. I mean, as as monstrous as a game the game was for Derek Henry, that that's where it was won. If it was won on on offense, um, throws when it mattered. Uh, the first the first touchdown to Ferkser, but or actually more importantly than that, because um, that that was a that was the first, very first drive of the game for us where we were moving the ball um, both on the ground and in the air. But later on, um, third and long ish, when we really need a first down to not quite ice the game, but clinch it, sort of put it beyond or heavily in our favour. He finds Ferkser again with a fantastic throw and a, and, and a great catch, great catch again, um, manages to stay in bounds and pretty yeah, close to sealing the game. Um, yeah, the Kerninator, you, you could argue, but put the, put the cherry on the top and yeah, we've discussed what, what happened after then. But yeah, when... When it came down to it, his stat line looks average, but he he was there when needed. He scrambled. I think he scrambled for a first down as well. Uh, was that th- was that third down? I think where he scrambled for that first down, where the Pats player decided to basically throw him past the fir- uh, first line marker. Yeah, but he had no right to get that, did he? No right at all. Yeah, yeah. and that was one straight away that again you you could see that he you know he was he was carrying us in his own way. I would say stat line doesn't look great. I do think that will that that will probably need to improve against Baltimore for sure, but. The you know he definitely did carry us. There's some big big plays um, and big plays again. We'll talk about Thurk, so the, obviously the touchdown as well as the, the third down conversion. I still maintain that guy is, is a huge huge part of this offense. I think he um, he and Johnny Smith have stepped up so well. I think I've said this on a few weeks and on occasions, but 
he, he's been absolutely massive um, to, to what this offense has done with Delaney Walker being out. But yeah, listen, Tannehill, I'm, I'm the only one that the only the only one that th- really is the throw for the interception was the only one that really worried me because he was he was caught on his back foot. He um, I, th- I don't know if he was trying to throw it out of bounds and just got it horrendously wrong, or I don't know if he was actually trying to get Corey Davis and just caught got it caught short. I'm not sure, but um, he was massively caught on his back foot there, and uh, hopefully we won't see that again. Uh, from him this season for sure um, hopefully going forward from there but um, it was one of those ones that luckily the defense got that got that stop after the Harmon interception and um, if that if that turned into points again we're probably in for a, a bit more of a sketchy end of the game but uh, luckily I think our defense turned up to to make sure that that didn't cost us in any way let's let's not forget that if we we're talking about opportunities that New England could have had to to score points Logan Ryan just before half time. I mean, it should have been twenty one thirteen, and it, and the Tennessee start in the third quarter with the ball with that score, it that it wouldn't have been over, but we'd have been looking very strong. Baltimore coming up. In fact, well, in fact, before we before we look at our next victory, Miles, um, we Mike Malarkey. What, the Super Bowl? Oh no, Baltimore first. Sorry. Yeah, we've Sorry, got a couple more games first before before we get there. Um, Mike Malarkey has. I assume announced himself uh, that he is retiring from coaching. So his his last job was with a, I'm going to say the Falcons. I've not done my homework here. Um, was a offensive was it wide receivers coach or something? Tight I'm end floundering end. here. Help help me out, somebody. Tight end coach. Tight end coach. Thank you. Uh, he is yeah he's he's done. He's hanging his boots up. Um, and he was his time in Tennessee and he's. Well, various other places as well, obviously. Kind of a figure of ridicule at times, but actually he did a lot to bring this team forward. I mean, before before he joined, Tennessee were a laughing stock. You know, this was a team going three and thirteen. Um and Mike Malarkey, I feel, unified a locker room. Um yes, he kind of came in just after Mariota did and had a, a big part in you know his his best best years uh, but he he took this team forward whatever you say um about his success um with Terry Rubisky as the Irish Irish Titans will will love to reminisce but um you know, for me I don't know about you guys but he I've got a soft spot for him he he brought this team forward he he was a part in making this team what it is right now Definitely to take a, you know, three and 13 team and a, a team that had the number two and the number one pick back to back in in years to being a, we hate to say it, but a nine and seven team that's pushing for playoffs and getting a, a cheeky wildcard win is, is nothing to be sort of uh, looked down on for sure. Um, a huge build, building block for, for what we have now. And um, I think we, we can probably all think back and think if he maybe changes OC, would he still be here? Would he have been there, you know, in Nashville for a little bit longer? Um, we can't answer that at all. Um, but yeah, total respect for the guy and definitely made watching football in, in Nashville a little bit more interesting and a little bit more winning, obviously, which is always a, a great thing. You don't want to just watch this sport because they win, but it makes podcasts and staying up till stupid o'clock a lot easier if you see, see us there get a result each time or more often at least I think the big, the I biggest think that, sorry now go on sorry I think it's that classic case of a guy that comes in and like helps change the culture and lays foundations for somebody else to take it on and I think that's what happened with Malaki. like going back to like what Harry said maybe he would have stuck around longer if he hadn't been stubborn about his staff but that's the kind of guy he were he were loyal to his guys and he were, he were going down with the ship so to speak yeah, the, yeah. the biggest the biggest thing you can say around him really is I think if you look back at the videos, uh, I think it was it was either after the KC game or maybe after the Jags game uh, two years ago when we, when we were in the playoffs, um, the respect that locker room had for him, every single one of them loved that guy to bits, um, and that says a lot about the man. It also says a lot about what he obviously did for those players individually as much as uh, for the team as a whole. So I think yeah, obviously. Um, it's, it's something that I think when he, when he left, I was a little bit, I kind of didn't want 
Rubisky, sorry, Owen. Um, I didn't want Rubisky really uh, kind of being the OC, and I wanted to, a change in that respect. So if he was going to be that stubborn, then so be it. And on his way, he obviously went. But um, I would, I was, I was actually a little bit disappointed when he left because um, I kind of felt that it was going to take a lot of transition to go and be a playoff team again. Um, but obviously now we're we are where we are, and uh, he is where he is. But yeah, huge amount of credit. I think he was a big part of what um, you know making football fun again. Because uh, there was a fair few years before that that it was certainly not so fun to watch as it is now. Okay, um, well, he's he's earned a happy retirement, um, and hope, hopefully he can. Is well, is he going to watch on and enjoy a Titans win in Baltimore? Miles, I know what you're going to say. Let's do this. Him and the world will be watching a win uh, in Baltimore on Sunday. We are. We are the ones that have dethroned arguably the king of the decade and next we're going to dethrone the king of this season, the MVP. Um, I think I said in the Patriots game, it was why not. It was uh, they'll take away one of our weapons and the weapon that they decided not to take away went for 200 yards. And as much as he's had a lot of the ball the past uh, couple of weeks, when we say a lot, he's averaged like, what, 34 carries a game or maybe more than that. It's, it, it's a lot for someone to take on, but no one wants to tackle the guy. Like Foxborough is the evidence of like, yeah, they're good, but can they do it on a cold night in Stoke? Well, we've done it on a cold night in Foxborough. Derek Henry will turn up in any situation and he will run someone over. And I, I mean, Tannehill didn't have to do much in Foxborough to get the win, but I feel like we'll see a lot more of him. Like we were saying, defensively, there's an argument to say that the Ravens are not as good as the Patriots. They've got a couple of players that, you know, can get a bit of pressure on the QB and they've got a decent cornerback and they've got a very loud safety that's decided to call out the team at surely the wrong time because Earl Thomas, granted he's had a fair few good years, but you'd argue that that's arguably behind him and I'd love to see Henry stiff arm him Barry Church style into the ground as we go through to the victory. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, the same speech I've probably done at Foxborough, it's, it's, it's why not, we're going to win. I've said this year that we're going to go all the way. Baltimore are going to offer a lot more offensively. They don't need to have trick plays. You know what you're going to get of them. It's a lot of play action. It's a lot of running backs or Lamar Jackson. Um, but Ingram's had a, a knock the past few weeks. We don't know what's happening with him yet. I know there's a, a worry he's uh, not going to be able to practice until the game. So we'll see where that leads. We all know what Lamar Jackson can do. We all know as a talent. And yeah, we might be down. Is Brown definitely out now? Have they confirmed that Brown's actually out for the game? I, I think doubtful. Yeah, yeah. So unlikely to play, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Brown would be good for his athleticism to sort of try and keep up. But Woodyard's going to do a great job stopping the run. And I think we're going to continue to pound Henry. And everyone knows what the Ravens are going to do. They're going to try and stop him. So let's hope that Tannehill now steps up and we get much more of a AJ Brown, Corey Davis, Johnny Smith game. But I'm not worried. I wasn't worried last week. I wasn't worried the week before. And I'm not worried this week just because they've got what people are calling the next big thing in the quarterback position. It doesn't it doesn't scare me. So I'll wait for everyone else to be a bit less hesitant. But I know we need to score more points this week. That's a certainty. We need to score more because Baltimore are going to score more. I know we'll wait for our predictions. But bring them on. I'm, I'm looking forward to beating... I'd, I'd like a revenge game against Houston. I, we've played each other tw- uh, twice now. I'd like a third game when we beat Houston and go through. But either way, yeah, we'll be beating them or Kansas. Beat, they're not going to beat Kansas City. We're, we're no, still Let's not no, worry about that game. Kansas instead. Yeah, let's just beat Kansas. We'll, we'll rest Tannehill and just play Mariota for that game. <laughs> well, I mean... I'll let everyone that's... else jump on now and, and change everyone's mind. I, I, I can't... I'm not going to knock that level of confidence. I mean, yes, you're right in what you say that we're playing a vastly superior offence than last week. I think we're playing a defence that isn't as good um, for... A key a key is to take as much time off the clock when we've got the ball as we possibly can to give ourselves a chance. The fewer possessions that Lamar Jackson gets, the better. Oh, I it's a tall um, order, I think, isn't it? It's a tall order. For me, uh, we we probably won't touch too much on offense from from the Tennessee side and the Baltimore defense. Uh, you know, you you can if you want, but. I think a lot of pundits and, and people will be talking about how we stop Lamar Jackson, how we stop their running attack. And um, probably 
somebody who has been the best player in the league this this year and is somebody who's versatile and has um, pretty much every trick up his sleeve that, that he wants. For me, it comes down to sort of three things. As with every game, it's the turnover battle. We just can't lose it against an offence that's so potent. We can't give them extra extra goes on the field without us getting something. Um, when we do have to punt, comes down to field position. Um, Kern's one of the best in the game, is best in the game, um, in all of our opinions, I think. And we need to pin them back in their 10, 15, as much as possible. And then when they do have the ball, it's containing that run, making sure that Lamar doesn't get outside, making sure that we bottle it. Um, up in the middle and, and our tackling has to be strong actually I, I know I've probably been Jayon Brown's biggest fan on this podcast um, but I think it's probably a good thing that he's he's out this week his run D's probably not as strong as, as Woodyard's long when he came in our fifth round draft pick this year or sixth, sixth round draft pick looks really solid um, against the Patriots and um, Andrew's being out or questionable at the moment for for the Baltimore Ravens definitely helps us a little bit. He's he's Lamar Jackson's safety valve, and if he's not playing, I think that's as big as Will Fuller not playing for the Texans. In, in my opinion, um, I'm stressed. I'm a bit worried. I think it'll be high scoring, and um, yeah, I think we can get it. It's it's just going to be a, a harder ass than it was against the Patriots. In, in my opinion, I, I went into the Patriots game quite confident, but you can't ever underestimate the number one seed in the AFC. They're there for a reason and they've got some weapons that we need to contain for sure. You say that, but the Titans were number one seed in the in 2008 in the AFC. Um, Baltimore came into Nashville and did, did the dirty on us. Bit of revenge. Yeah, we are them a one and done. We do. We really do. Wouldn't that be something? Neil, any confidence? Can, how can we get it? Can we? Can we? Can we, please? I'm not saying we, I'm not saying we can't win. Um, but more to echo really what Harris says, I think I think we've got to make them throw, and I know Lamar Jackson can throw, and he's quite bullish about the fact that he was told that he couldn't, and he's blown all those naysayers, I suppose, out of the water this year, but I think we've got to force them to throw as much as possible. We can't let them run all over us. We we need to be killing that clock and keeping them off the field and hoping Pern, Kern can pin them back and uh, get them into... To long situations in their own 15 yard line um, but like you say it's a massively tall order I just I, there's a path to winning there is a path to winning but nobody's solved it yet um, will, be, will we be that team possibly I don't know Greg let's end well let's, let's go to the negative one Right, so here's my thoughts. Um, no, we've got a chance. There's there's a fighting chance we've got. Um, I do think this is a... I'm probably more on how I felt two years ago going into this round against the Pats than I am uh, when I went into the Pats you know, earlier this week, um, before the weekend. I had a lot more confidence going into that game. We all knew what the Pats can do. They turn up in this, this time of the year, but I still felt there was a good chance we'd win that game. We've got we've got a shot. I think we just need to contain Lamar as much as we can. The good thing is he's had three weeks off practically. Um, you know, he's, he's he will either come in incredibly fresh and and really hit us hard, or he could come in a bit rusty. Who knows? I mean, three weeks is in this game is is quite a long time. And granted, I know he's been practicing and whatnot, but you know, it's, who knows what 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 to expect? I think for us, I, I agree. I think we do need to kill as much clock as possible. I don't think we want it to turn in. I think if, if it turns into a game where we go two scores down, um, that's when we're then going to be forced to doing things we don't really want to be doing. So if we can keep it within a score at all times, um, we've got a chance. Absolutely got a chance. That said, uh, if I, if you told me, put my own money on it, um, I'm not, I probably wouldn't be backing us just because I think... Um, yeah, they've been incredible this year, Baltimore. They've got uh, all over the field. They've got talent. I think they've got 12 pro bowlers. All right, take take pro bowlers as much as always. We've pinched just sold as you want. But, you know, there's there's recognition there to the fact that their entire team has, has, has turned up and, and had an incredible season. But look, we've got a chance. We've, uh, we've got a fighting chance. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I think if it was a game where I didn't think we had a chance, I don't know if I'd be flying back out again. To be honest, um, as much as, <laughs> much as I, you know, I enjoy going out there, I, yeah, if, I felt, if yeah, I felt we're on a hiding to nothing, I don't know if I would. But um, I'm not expecting anything from the game. I'm not expecting us to go there and win. Um, I'm hoping we go there and win. 
I think we have a chance, absolutely. I think if Derek Henry can get rolling, and we definitely need to see more from from Tannehill from a, from a passing offense point of view. I agree with what we said earlier around he you know, made some really big plays at big moments against the Pats, but I'd like to see him spread the ball about a bit if we can. And yeah, it's going to be one of those ones that as long as we can keep it tight and as long as we can keep it within a score and no more, or ideally a score or two up in our favour, it would be even better, of course, but. If we're going to be chasing, we can't be chasing with two or three scores down. Otherwise, we're going to be put in positions and doing, you know, doing things we don't really want to be doing. Uh, we want to control the game. We want to control the clock. We want to quiet the crowd, um, which is pretty much what we did last Saturday against the Pats. So, yeah, I think, I'll, I'll take any kind of win. Going back to what you just said there about uh, two years ago against the Patriots, the same, same sort of um, round. Looking at our offense now, I take our offense over the offense that we had going into Foxborough that year. Um, we got oh, a better wide hundred percent, hundred percent. We got a We had Eric Decker. So I mean, I'll take, I'll take, oh, geez, I'll take any offense over anyone. An offense that has Eric Decker in it. Definitely, and uh, you know, we've got Henry that now knows how to run and make people feel pain. Uh, we've got AJ Brown. We've got Tannehill, who I think um, is is a better quarterback than than Mariota was at that point. At this point as well, he's he's on a bit of a hot streak. Um, if you discount last game at a touch, um, that's that's probably the silver lining that I take. If if I had to choose the offense from years ago or today, I picked today's offense, and that's that's really what does give me hope going into Saturday night at one fifteen a.m. our time. It, here's where I'm at as a fan. Whatever happens Saturday, this team has exceeded expectations this season massively for all sorts of reasons, and and move forward. You, we've 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 made the Marcus decision, and it's worked. We've we've now we've got a we've gone from a coaching staff that we we all had doubts about early in the season that to one that we're all pretty happy with. It's it seems like a a platform for the next few years to me that we can be very, very proud of. I don't think there's any disgrace in losing to this Baltimore team if that's what happens, and if it, if that's not what happens, then. So much the better. I don't. I don't feel nervous because of that. If that doesn't sound, maybe that's a bit too level-headed. I'm, I'm sure I feel. I'm sure I have butterflies at 1:15 a.m. Saturday night, obviously. But that's where I'm at. I mean, well, do we do we want to do score predictions? I don't know. Uh, uh, I've I've I'd, done one. If if we want it, <laughs> <laughs> just okay. Give us give us scores without telling anybody who's winning how about that miles oh okay um with okay i i said 31 24 okay harry yeah i've got i've got something very similar uh i was yeah if i'm being optimistic i'm gonna go 31 27 if i'm being pessimistic i'm gonna go 21 27 24 27 something like that I okay think. that makes no sense whatsoever neil <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go 34-31. You're not gonna spout seven numbers in a row like Harry just did. <laughs> uh, bet the over. <laughs> uh, Greg, uh, I'm gonna go 31-24. Ooh. Oh. 28-21. We're all fairly similar, and um, we're not gonna say which which side our bread's butter. So roll Titans winning, son. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think the, the biggest question that Vrabel's got to answer is how does he try and skin this cat because I think we could possibly trade with them I think we could trade punches with them but then again the the best more safe course of action seems to keep it seems to be to keep Lamar off the field and it'll be interesting to see how he approaches that because I, I actually do think we could give him problems with our offence I think we could trade punches with them but is that is that the way Vrabel's going to play that remains to be seen you don't want it to turn into a slugfest like that, though. I mean, that, if it turns no, into maybe a slugfest not. like that, I think it, I think he knows that they're probably going to have a little bit more than we do. I think you definitely want to turn it into keep Lamar off the field, keep the clock running, take as much time off as you possibly can. Um, I mean, it's good that we can at least go to, to you know, throw some things around if we need to. And if we do need to chase the game, I think we've, we, we can do that. I don't want us to have to get to that point, but... Uh, yeah, if it turns into a slugfest where it's just back, forth, back, forth, uh, I, I don't know. I feel that we're more capable than the three and out than they would be. On I the plus, just, I think the one of those games. I could just see it being one of those games where 
both defences are, are poor and the team that makes the big defensive play will win. The one, the key. The that, one that's the thing. No, nobody here is saying anyone's getting blown out. No, nobody's gone thirty-five-seven or anything. So I wanted just, to. You, know, you you get a couple <laughs> of fortuitous plays. The game's there for you. That's the thing. I mean, it it, it can happen. I'd be shocked it, if they got one. I'll be honest. How how good their offense is is that if we're in that fourth and two on their thirty-six, like we were against the Patriots, and we do that time running out stuff that Vrabel did. I think you get a very different reaction from the time. Yeah, he's not, he's not, we're not doing that against it's Baltimore in the same way. No. No. Okay, right. Win incoming for the Titans. It's just going to come down to whether we go to Houston or Kansas City. That's the only thing in doubt here, apparently. Right, time to end the podcast in our traditional way. Some, some non-Titans-related stuff. Now, Miles, I think we probably need to start with you. You're, you've probably put the most preparation into this, so the floor is yours. Yeah, thanks for the floor. Um, right, so for anyone who's listening, they won't be aware that um, I have quite a... Um, what's the right word? Affection? Crush? There's a probably a better word. For I'm the host of GMFB, uh, K Adams, for anyone who happens to watch on NFL Network. If you don't, I strongly recommend it, because they've been giving us quite a lot of love recently. And uh, I've always said that um, we always talk about who we'd love to have on the podcast. And for me, it's definitely, uh, if we could get Kay on, I'd say it'd be a dream. I'll happily drop out that week, although I'd be gutted if I missed it. So I was trying to think of how I could uh, sort of get her attention. And anyone who follows me on Twitter will notice that I pretty much comment on absolutely everything she does with a, oh, come on the podcast and tell us how you feel about that. And it'll get a like, and then I sit there disappointed with no response. (laughs) So... And what I've done is I have wrote, and for any poetry fans out there, please don't come at me because I am not very good. And for any just normal fans who think it's not very good either, please be generous with me. Um, So on a sheet of paper in front of me, um, I have wrote a small poem because I know I don't want to take up everyone's time. So if you'll bear with me, I haven't given it a name. I wasn't just going to say, this is for Kay. But no. Um, So here we go. So, I wrote this poem towards the end of December for my absolute favourite NFL Network member. Though small in stature, she's large in heart and sits on the top of my favourite celebrity chart. Her football knowledge can challenge the best and I one day dream she'll be our podcast guest. She always bigs up the Titans more than most and spreads so much love as the GMFB host. She's hyped up Henry for the Russian crown and shows lots of love to Tannehill and AJ Brown. Though we are thousands of miles apart, you still have managed to steal all of my heart. I always dreamt that one day we'd meet, but with your busy schedule, my chances are bleak. With all the fantasy advice, no one does compare. And with so much beauty, people can't help but stare. And with a smile that will brighten the start of your day, I love waking up early to watch the talented K. So with my final request, hoping it's not a huge chore, would you please come on next week's podcast when we beat Baltimore? Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Watch out, Kendrick Lamar. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm also not sorry if it works. But yes, um, so that's only talk about a month worth of writing. You can tell it's very, very good. Um, but no. So my non-related Titans was uh, Kay Adams. Please come on the podcast. Um, we want to hear you. I know you'll probably be in Baltimore at the weekend eating crab cakes while we win. So come on the podcast next week and tell us how your experience was. Oh, if you're in Please. Baltimore, I'll, I'll pop and say hello to her. I'll... Oh, if you meet her before I do, I'll, I'll, I'll sob. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm not sure whether it's this podcast well, that you wanted to come on or you just want to start your own with her. It's, it's unclear. But... Uh, do you know what? If, Kay, if you want your own podcast with me, I, I'm game. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about anything. <laughs> well, um, yeah. I don't, uh, I'm speechless. Good night, everybody. I don't think we can do any more from there, can we? <laughs> I'm going to be a millionaire by the morning. <laughs> <laughs>
Peace. I don't know what for. <laughs> yeah, it would be. We'll see. What, we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, what's what's anyone else got? Or beat that. Yeah. Good luck, Greg. You you want to talk about cool. airports and? Yeah, I want to talk about uh, passport e gates. Yes, this is this is what the segment's about. Yeah, this is what this, this is. Works. This is something that as uh, I, I, t- I take a, obviously quite a few flights here and there, and um, I've never understood the point of them because they only work for about thirty percent of people that supposedly can use them. The number of times that I've been, I've literally been stood there after a long flight. I'm, I'm there. I'm, I walk up to it, and they're like, "You need to take your cap off." Yep, no worries. That's fine. Caps off. Put my passport in. I'm there just looking at a screen. They always move for me, I'm six foot five, so they always move it upwards as well, just to take the mick out of how tall I am. Like, thanks for that. Uh just so the camera's looking directly at me. And it's just every single time it comes to me, it's just like, Nope, go and see someone else. So I walk out and they're like, Oh, go down there to that massive long queue. I've already queued for half an hour, uh, to get to this point. So then I have to go to another queue and, and then speak to a human being, because that's apparently bonkers in this day and age. Um, just just so I can return normally return home um, also when you go out to America as well the amount of times you have to go to a machine and put in all your details have you got this amount of money or more than this or have you got this blah 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 they take a photo of you for you then to join another queue for them to ask you the exact same questions and to go through the exact same, same uh, things you've just been through about five minutes prior to that so passport e-gates is um, uh, something I had to go through once again at Heathrow Airport last night uh, as painful as it is. Also, now they've changed the queuing system uh, due to Brexit. Um, everyone pretty much goes into one queue now. You used to have a, your own special UK slash EU area when coming back from flights from America it used to be great because everyone, all the Americans coming over, had to go into another queue. Now everyone's just in the same one, so it takes you three times as long to get through it anyway. So yeah, that's my that's my uh, that's my rant for the week. Apologies, I could, could have put that into a poem, I guess, but uh, probably wouldn't have been. As good. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a month and I'll have one for you. you, you <laughs> I suspect you won't be quite so motivated for that one. The the thing about e gates is if you've got kids under twelve, you can't use them. So you go to see the actual people instead. And I've noticed in the last three or four flights I've had with my family that the people, the humans that check your passport with the families and everything else, much smaller queues there than at the e gates. So either get some children or some fake children or join that queue anyway. Just abandon the e-gates. Seems like a lot of hassle to have kids. So, right, I'll be honest. I'd, well, I can't I'd think ex- of a better reason. <laughs> 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 I had the experience in Dusseldorf last year where the e-gate didn't work. So I had to join a queue. But it were only about five or six people deep because then we were in the EU and the non-EU queue were like parked to Barnsley. So we've got all that to come now. <laughs> all they're going to do is change the signs and it will just say EU and Switzerland, which it already does, and Norway and uh, the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of all the, of all the issues that Brexit's going to cause, I don't think that's that's going to be a big one. I may be wrong. Um, I, I flew... For me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, issue, I'm, I'm going to bring a, another issue with flying that you may, we may have mentioned... Uh, I tried to go dark for the Houston game, week 17, because I had an early, early flight. And we're staying, I was staying in a <laughs> family room in a hotel and tried to not watch the game. Thought, okay, I'll download it and watch it on the plane on Game Pass. Downloaded, fine. Brilliant. It's all ready. Turns out that the Game Pass app won't load when you're on a plane unless you're connected to the internet. So the whole point of downloading something to watch when you're not, on Wi-Fi is utterly moot. Um, so about 10 minutes into this flight, I realised that I'm not going to be able to watch this game. However, two things... At, at that point, I'm just desperate to know what happened. One, what I didn't realise was what my wife knew what the score was, which was which proved to be handy. Also, I had the WhatsApp messages from our group that I could refer to, um, but none of them actually said what the score was. So I'm trying to go through... Like work it. Oh, that sounds positive. Uh, there's a bit of nervousness there, and you, you you scroll through. Yeah, I think we won. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like we did. Um, but the main thing is we did, and I got to 
enjoy the game eventually and then enjoy watching the next game live. And obviously, I'll, I will watch Baltimore in the middle of the night here and can't wait. No. Bring bring on the Texans or the Chiefs, as we say. N- Neil or Harry, if you, uh, we've got something equally mundane, hopefully, to come. Yes, uh, well, it's it's pretty mundane actually. Uh, I'm actually I'm actually participating in V January, so from the second of Jan to the second of Feb, which is Super Bowl Sunday. I've been following a plant based diet. Um, first week going quite well, lost a bit of weight, feel quite good about myself. But there's one thing that's absolutely killing me with this vegan thing, and I've joined the official V January Facebook group. Thinking, oh, there'll be some good tips on there. People oh, willing to help and oh, recipes and blah 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 blah. Bearing in mind, the group is specifically made for people that are just wanting to try vegan for a month and see what benefits it gives. Um, and it's just full of hardcore vegans, proper hardcore zealot vegans that are really pious about everything. Like I've been posting things I've been eating on there. And they're picking people apart because it's processed. It's not got animals in it. it. It's got no dairy. It's got no meat. But because it's processed, it's not quote unquote hardcore vegan. And I find it really like, I mean, people that have been vegans for years and years and ethical vegans for the beliefs, etc., all respect them because it does really restrict what you can eat. But if if people are willing to take an interest in what you're doing for a month, Surely, all those people added up helps the planet, or helps you achieve your no, goal. They're going to look down their noses at you instead. That's exactly, yeah. yeah. And they're going to look down their noses and rip into people for eating processed food. Um, I mean, as long as it's it's animal free, then I don't really get the issue, and I don't understand where they're coming from. It's just not a friendly space, and I thought it really would be. Um, so I've had an idea. Um, Leave the Facebook group. That, no, I'm going to stick around. Is it is it chicken then, wings? Well, on the second of Feb, uh, Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> going to a, a place in Leeds called Almost Famous, uh, and that'll be my first time I eat meat. I'm just going to post that picture on their wall and say, "Smell you later, hippies," and uh, leave the group. Have you had a Greg's vegan sausage roll? I have not, um, but I probably will. Weekend after next, I might go into town and uh, and try, and maybe the KFC vegan burger as well. See, I I I yesterday I tried. A, I'm not doing veganuary or anything. I tried the Greg's vegan sausage roll, and do you know what? It tastes like a sausage roll, genuinely. Yeah, I Breaking could not news. believe it. It's not Please. as nice as the real sausage roll, obviously, but it 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 was maybe. decent. They've got vegan steak bakes now as well, which is, uh, my mind's just blown. Yeah. just don't really understand how that even, well, even the same with the sausage roll. don't even understand how that could even even work. But Maybe they just use meat. Can you imagine? That's <laughs> a lie. <laughs> a, couple, a couple of things I've ate, I actually will make when Veganure is over with, actually. I think it's been an eye-opener in that respect, but it's something I could never do permanently. <laughs> All right, Harry. Yeah, so the whole way through, like, um, Neil's right now, I was just shaking my head in disbelief. Um, <laughs> everything I cook has, has cream or milk or meat in it. I can't imagine anything worse, to be perfectly honest. Um, my rant is about um, casual football fans in pubs. Um, it really stresses me out. It really stresses me out. It shouldn't as much as it does. Um, but my girlfriend is unfortunately a Liverpool fan and I'm a Villa fan. Uh, and we went to go watch the Liverpool derby in uh, for the FA Cup on, I think it was Sunday night. And we had a couple of Everton fans there, a, a young um, American Liverpool fan who just chat rubbish really loudly through the whole game um, about how they should be doing this and how I can't believe that person's not starting. Rada, rada, rada. And I can get like your passion for the team, but please just like be quiet. Let me enjoy my pint and, and watch the game as a neutral, rather than uh, some like seventeen year old drinking diet coke, about to get punched by an Everton fan that's getting more and more annoyed as the game goes on. 
um, with his chat. It's just like, I, I, I just like going to a pub for the atmosphere and when you want to chat rubbish, for lack of a better term, about a keeper, you know, passing the ball back to your keeper so your team gets possession still, rather than just hoofing out of the field or losing the ball and you moan about that as your main gripe of the game. Uh, it just stresses me out. It's, it's just the, the general public, Harry. That's all it is. To be honest, if you want to, if you want to start talking absolute rubbish about your football team, just start a podcast. Good tip. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, yeah. That's a good it has, idea. It has to usually be like about American football, something a bit rare. Maybe a market that doesn't have loads of fans, like Tennessee, perhaps. And then you know we might get a couple of listeners that then go up to you at a tailgate in you know Foxborough and say, "Oh, we listen to your thing," you know. But that's not likely to happen, Greg. Let's be honest. Um, so instead, we just keep it to people in pubs talking rubbish. It just it just annoys me. And like, don't get me wrong, as we've established, I can BS with the best of them about cheese, but about football is one thing that you do not BS about. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm football. just a big fan of watching football in pubs. I watch England, uh, but club football, no, stay well clear. Yeah, that's a solid advice, I reckon. Right, there we go. That was the Transatlantic Titans podcast for the week. Um, find us on Twitter at TransatlanticTN. Uh, let us know what you think. Join our Facebook group if you haven't already. We are also on Instagram at TransatlanticTN again. And Neil has promised that there might be content there. I say I've, I've thrown you under the bus there, Neil, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, I'll endeavour. I'll endeavour to make it interesting. <laughs> so there's there's. What do, what do you do on Instagram? Pictures? Videos? Pictures? I don't know. Yeah, pictures, videos. Yeah. I just post pictures of the wings I'm eating before the Baltimore game. Do that. All about food. Oh, mine will be uh, cauliflower buffalo wings, mine. Cauliflower. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. <laughs> I'll post some photos of the Buds Boys tailgate, and if you're coming to that tailgate on Saturday night, make sure you stop by and say hello and tell us what you think about the podcast. It's, it's easier to do it face-to-face, I'm sure. Yep, <laughs> do that. Go, go and find Greg. He's he's the really tall one struggling to get through those passport gates. Yeah, I'll be the one literally getting really angry at the airport. That'll be me. <laughs> right, we'll we'll be back next week. Rain or shine, quite literally, possibly. Um, you know, we we might have a, a championship game to preview. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, enjoy the game Saturday. Come on, Tennessee, you can do it. Tighten up, everybody. Tighten up. Tighten up.